Yes. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Robcast. This is episode 325, and this one is called Fourth Row Right Side. Yeah. So I'm recording this episode now, but you are listening to this episode now, but your now and my now are two different times, but the same now. Time itself, of course, is just something the mind comes up with, essentially creates to make sense of the movement of celestial bodies. But however you're listening, whenever you're listening, wherever you're listening, and me here right now recording, it's all happening now. <laughs> I know. I know. How's that? Off the bat. Whoo. So here we are now. And uh, in this episode, fourth row, right side, I'm just going to tell you a story. It's a very, very simple story. It won't take that long. And, uh, and we'll see. We'll see what it does. Before we do that, I want to tell you about these sessions I'm doing Saturday mornings for the next couple months. I'm doing these sessions on Zoom. So you bring whatever you're working on, speaking, writing, business, some idea you're trying to communicate, something you're trying to make, and you bring the question you have, the obstacle, the stuckness, the way that you're all jammed up, the possibility that you know is there, but there's like something blocking it, and then I take you through this process. I start asking you questions about your question, and then we watch something happening. It's a bit like a magic trick, and no one's quite sure who's doing it, you know what I mean? But I love it. I love meeting um, Saturday, just a couple days ago, some, somebody from Washington, Florida, Idaho, Alaska, uh, and then there have been tons of people from England, Australia, uh, Germany, all over the place. So it's like a, you know, it's like a living room in the sky of sorts where we're all together. And uh, it's so inspiring. You people, <laughs> people are so inspiring when you see where people are coming from, what they're doing, where they're headed next. Oh, my word, it's amazing. Um, headed next, speaking of headed next, Kristen and I and Violet are heading to uh, Europe and UK this summer for Everything is Spiritual tour, starting in Amsterdam, and then there's Oslo, Stockholm. I've never done any... I've never been to Sweden, so all you uh, Swedish friends were coming your way. Copenhagen, Berlin, uh, that'll be first tour stop in Berlin, then Glasgow, I love going to Scotland, then uh, Belfast, Dublin, and then England, Brighton, Bristol, London, Manchester. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be there, and I'm going to see a number of you, and oh, my word, I know. Whoo, so, so thrilling. So, this episode, oh yeah, and all the tour tickets, and then um, if you want to sign up for sessions, Saturday morning, Saturday sessions, uh, that's all that stuff's at my site. Um, and the new audiobooks, The Grab in the Bag, which is about money, and Handling Your Fire, which is about passion and burnout and routines, all that's at, at the site um, as well. Those are recent things that we have been up to uh, here in the back house. But now... How about just a story? And uh, we'll just see what this is. So in 2019, so about three years ago, I was speaking, I was doing a tour, I was on stage speaking, and I left my body while I was speaking. And I kept speaking, but I also left my body and went out above the crowd. Um, about the fourth row, right side, um, hovering six, maybe eight feet above the crowd. And I watched myself on stage speaking. And uh, I kept speaking. I have no idea how long uh, I was in that state. Uh, here's my answer for how long it was. It was enough 
It was enough time. <laughs> it was long enough. That's the answer. And then uh, at some point, I was fully back in my body. Now, the people in the audience wouldn't have known, because I just kept speaking, wouldn't have known that this was going on. Um, and then the show continued. So what was really fascinating is that the first thought I had watching myself speaking was, I see why people don't find what I do that interesting. <laughs> Honestly, it was that crisp. It was that clear. It was that articulate. It was that concise. I watched me speaking and I immediately thought, I can see why some people aren't into this. I can see why people aren't here. I can see why people would see me do what I do and just be like, eh. There was something about the experience that was like hyper objective. Think about when you, like let's say you're on Spotify and you're getting, like maybe the Spotify, the algorithm is sending you a playlist of music it thinks you might like, or you're just going through the Friday playlist or whatever. When you listen to music, you might listen to the first two seconds, you might listen to the first 15 seconds, 20 seconds, and you'll probably have some internal process going on, like, do I like this or not? Will I add this? And if you do, maybe you'll add it to a playlist. Maybe you'll listen all the way through the song. Maybe you'll go learn more about that artist and see what other songs they have. Or you may just be like, yeah, this is my thing. And you might just immediately forward to the next artist, the algorithm that's feeding you, or just go search for someone else. But notice when you do that, how you have no attachment to whether you like that song or not. Same thing on like a streaming service when you're looking for something to watch. If you watch the trailer to something and you're like, nah, that's not my thing, you just move on and watch a trailer for the next show. You have no horse in that race. You don't feel bad or good for the person who made it on behalf of yourself. So we have this experience all the time with what other people are creating, doing, being, saying in the world, where we like it or we don't, we want to hear more or we don't. We have a fairly, objective is the word that comes to mind, but I know for some of you it's like, wait, wait, that's not the right word, but you, you know what I mean. It's like we don't have any particular clinging, grasping, or attachment to whether we like it or not. We just go, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, no. If you're in the store looking at clothes, you're like, I like those trousers. I don't like those trousers. I like that shirt. I don't like that shirt. I think I'll try on those shoes. You don't have any sense of, are you hurting the feelings of the person who made that shirt, right? It's like absurd even to think about. So what happened when I saw myself is I could see myself just as a guy on a stage doing what he's doing, and I could see, oh yeah, I can see why people would see this and be like, nah, it's not my thing. Now, I've had previous experiences that are similar to this. Uh, in 2000, when I was 30, uh, I hit my head doing tantrums, which are like backflips on a wakeboard, and got a closed head injury, like a concussion. Actually, my book, How to Be Here, is pretty much about that experience, and I write about that experience. Um, but what happened is, because the brain was almost like reconnecting itself, my brain, in recovering from the concussion, the closed head injury, it wasn't um, able to do much regarding the past or the future. Uh, it's like the, br the brain was just busy enough being here, and here was like overwhelming. Um, to not be stuck in the past or present, but only to be in the present was like more, literally more than I could bear. Um, and at the time I was a very, very busy man. I still uh, would use the word busy with a straight face. Uh, I still used words like changing the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still, yeah, was stuck in that whole thing. It's a grind, man. Oh, please, get out of here. But um, 
one of the things that happened is there were about uh, a long weekend, four days, where I was so stuck in the present and was so overwhelmed with the beauty and wonder and depth of life. And at one point, I was on the couch, and some friends were over, and we put on uh, a record that I had made and, and recorded a couple years earlier, and I could listen to myself and the music that I had written and played and sung, and I distinctly remember, and years later, I talked to the friends who were there about it, and everybody remembers the same way. I was listening to myself like I'd never heard the songs before, and I distinctly remember saying to my friends, you know what, I like the music, but this guy can't sing. <laughs> because think about your voice. Like when you hear your voice on a recording or when we used to have answering machines, do you know how your voice sounds so strange to you? It's like you're profoundly unobjective about your own voice. Like, remember the first time you had an answering machine, you got an answering machine and you recorded yourself and then you heard it, you immediately turn to the people around you and like, is that what I sound like? It's almost like our own voice is shocking to us because we have so much tied up in it. We have so much attachment. So, so, so much of our sense of self is how, is, is tied up in how we perceive ourselves, which is a very normal human thing. It's just also every once in a while, you have these experiences where you're freed from some of that and you can just see, you can just hear. So I had had a previous, I'd had a, a number of experiences, but one in particular that jumps out was listening to myself and hearing it without any horse in that race and just being able to be like, yeah, some of this music's great, but like, that, like, I don't really like the guy singing. Exactly like you would if you'd never heard that music because it wasn't yours. So most, I'm trying to think how we would say this or, or how you would say this. Most of our understanding of ourselves has layers of grasping and clinging that are deeply embedded in what we know to be who we are and our identity. So think about when you look in a mirror. Notice how the simple act of looking in a mirror, you instantly have judgments. Uh, God, I look huge, small, old, young. <laughs> I, I, what is, what is going on with this shirt? These, pa these pants don't feel like they look there. Notice how often, just looking in a mirror, instantly the mind piles on a whole world of judgments, analysis, critique. But notice how often, looking in a mirror, you might say to somebody nearby, uh, what do you think about these pants? Or are you seeing what I'm seeing? And you're generally the people around you are like, yeah, you look fine. Like they don't have any of that. They just see you. So they might say, yeah, you could roll those up. Yeah, you'd probably go up a size, down a size. Yeah, you, th th those probably don't match if that's what you care about. You, maybe there's something there. But notice how they don't have those same energy spikes. They don't have, it doesn't have the same charge. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, that's you. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. So that's what happened is I, I could see myself. I could hear, see myself walking back on the fourth on the stage talking, and I could see some, some grasping and clinging was removed for long enough to see more objectively. Oh, yeah, that's that guy. Yeah, there, there I am. <laughs> it was literally almost like, oh, yeah, there I am. Yeah, oh, I can see why people would have. I can see why people are like, nah, it's not my thing, or why people would be like, yeah. Now, what that did, right there in that awareness, is it had this, I'm trying to think how to best describe it, it had this letting other people off the hook. Yeah. It, it had this letting other people off the hook. 
Because I don't put myself on the hook for being drawn to everything, for listening to everything, for enjoying everything, for resonating with everything. Notice how it is for you. Certain things you resonate with, certain things you don't. Certain things you're drawn to, certain things you aren't. Certain, uh, certain art lights you up, certain art you got, uh, turns you off, and some things are just flat, just, oh, huh, and you just move on. You don't even give it a second thought. Something about that glimpse of myself in the fourth row on the right side <laughs> hovering there had this, yeah, just letting other people off the hook. Yeah. I had had experiences like this over the years. This realization, there was a profound one in 2008. Oh my God. I had like a, uh, um, a sort of altered state. Oh, just, just give your gift and let everybody just, just give the gift freely. Just do what you do. Do it. Throw yourself into it because that's where the joy and that's where the joy is. And just let everybody, just let everybody do what they want with it. So I had had a number of experiences over the year where I could see the lack of control we have over the outcomes. How little control we actually have over how people respond to who we are, what we do, what we give, what we say, what we speak, how we live and move in the world. Uh, I had had a series of, of experiences in that came in different shapes, forms, with different visual imagery, with different um, sensory contexts. So this was both new and a continuation of experiences I have had. Um, and some, I'm doing my best here with language, oftentimes they are hard to articulate because they aren't as concerned with explaining themselves to the mind. So, and maybe, I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think if this is, yeah, yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I would definitely, I would, I would definitely say most of the most profound experiences of awareness where you see, like actually see new depth, new dimension, new shape, new color, new futures, new possibilities. Uh, oftentimes the, the, the heart, the body, uh, spirit, your spirit sees before the mind. Uh, the mind usually comes later and comes up with the language or the analysis to name it or figure it out, or give it some more linear, rational shape and form. But the earlier experience is often a full-bodied experience that you don't yet have the full capabilities with you. The mind is just a step behind. By the way, in the history of art, this is actually a larger historical pattern. So what you can see in the history of art is artists begin to intuit a truth about the nature of reality and begin to sculpt it, paint it, tell stories about it. And then generally scientists later begin to do the rigorous empirical lab work to actually come up with the hard, cold data to explain. So you think about Salvador Dali painting curved clocks. And then a little while later, scientists Einstein comes along and begin to talk about the curved nature of time. So human beings have a long-standing pattern that there are those who sense some new truth about the depth, dimension, and fundamental nature of reality and begin to give it, you could almost say pre-rational or actually more, or, or trans-rational expression, often through creations, art, and then later comes the rigorous science. So for you, if you have had experiences, you were like, that changed everything, and someone says, how? And you're like, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you are in a rich lineage at that point. Welcome to the tradition. Or if you have ha seen something 
and you knew it had tremendous implications and impact on who you are and who you are going to continue to be in your fullness. But in the moment you tried to explain it to somebody and you sounded crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because speech, the formation of language, the lining it up, getting the tumblers to line up in your brain, that often comes later. It's like you realize, oh, that thing that happened six months ago, oh, look how that altered things. L look, uh, even the experience of death and resurrection, which is how the whole game works anyway, something within you is dying. This is actually what happened during COVID. Lots and lots of things died within people, lots of grasping, lots of clinging, lots of structures, lots of values, <laughs> lots of ways of organizing your life simply didn't work anymore. And so whole internal structures, belief structures, uh, clinging, grasping structures, uh, values that suddenly were like, wait, that's not important. Yeah, and, and for lots of people, death, it's, it's painful because letting go, that used to be how things worked, and now we're letting go. Yeah. And, and unless you know that it's a death, which always leads to a resurrection, it feels painful, and so most often the temptation is to numb or avoid it or get stuck in your head spinning and not allow it to pass through you. Uh, allow yourself to feel the full death, and death simply means letting go, um, letting go of it. Yeah, that's a particular experience, and you let go, and you properly let whatever is asking to die, die, and then that's when the new life comes. This is why there's such a direct relationship between grief and imagination, is that oftentimes when a person is having difficulty imagining the next step or, or what's unfolding now, um, I'll often simply just ask them, are you grieving anything? And I'm telling you, the number of times a person will instantly, like tears or instantly emotion comes out, oh my God, I am. Yeah, yeah. Ungrieved grief blocks imagination because until we have fully and properly let go of what was, we can't step into and embrace what is yet to be, what is coming, what is now. So these are all ancient patterns that are in play within each of us constantly. But I'm telling you, this, this, glimpse of myself and this sort of objective, oh, look at that guy talking. Yeah, I can see why people are, I can see why this doesn't move people. I can see why this, people are like, yeah, I'm not buying a ticket to that. Who, what, huh? <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm just doing my thing. I'm just giving it what I got. But yeah, of course. Yeah. What did you think? What did we think? What did I think? What did any of us think? That every that everybody would be like, whoa, no, that, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, because central to being a human is choice. Yeah, think about how you feel when somebody pushes something on you. That friend who keeps, they bought you that, that same book twice and you didn't read it the first time, right? Or they judge, you, you gotta see this, man, you gotta see. Notice how you, something within you bristles. Or, man, you're going to love my friend. I can't wait to meet my friend. I'm th I think you're going to go crazy when you meet my friend. You guys are going to be like long-lost friends. Notice how you already are a bit suspicious. Of the, even if you love this person, you still, even if you aren't consciously doing it, somewhere subconsciously, just a little guard up. Yeah, why are they pushing this so hard on me? Yeah, yeah, that's why the moment it feels like somebody might be selling us something, all this guard, choice. You, you got to respect my choice. Yeah, this is incredibly central to the human experience. Whether it's a woman and what she does with her body, choice, central to the human experience. A deep, sacred, holy trust 
of the choice of another. You get to decide. Yeah, the will sits at the center of what it means to be a human being. So there was something about hovering above the fourth row on the right side that it was like an old truth, but seeing it from another angle. Like, yeah, he just set everybody free. Just set everybody free from how they respond to you. Just do what brings you joy. And some people may enjoy it. Some people may find it interesting. Some people may have a problem with it. Some people may be like, what? Who? Huh? What? It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Now, a second thing was also right there in the experience. A second thing was also right there in the experience. There was this, oh, there I am, this like newly objective view of, oh, that's me doing my thing. Look at that guy. Look at, he's that tall. He's that old. He's that, he looks like that. He talks like that. That's how his voice sounds. That's what he's wearing. That's what he's talking about. Like this, this sort of super objective view. Also, at the same time, there was this love. Yeah. I saw myself as this guy just like doing his thing, just giving it what he got, like out in the world and that venue on that night, just trying to do his part. There was something... There was something about the long arc of my life, like, oh, Robbie Bell from Okemos, Michigan. This is where it went. Oh, that's who he became. There was something vulnerable. Oh, God, what's an even better word? There was something incredibly tender about it. Like, look at him. Look at him just doing his best, just trying his best, just going for it. And something about the long arc, because oftentimes what happens in altered states is time itself either expands or compresses. And what happens, what I mean by the long arc is, and I'm sure you've had these experiences where um, it's almost like you look through photos of your life, but super fast, like 5, 7, 9, 10, 11, 13, 14, 19, 88, 92, 94, 96. Like you see something about who you became, but you see it like in a second, you see nine years or something. Or maybe you were in a relationship. It's like eternal sunshine on the spot of this mind. You were in a relationship and you have an experience in which you see the beginning, middle, and end of that relationship, but you see it in like, it, it exists outside of time, almost like those 13 years, those 11 months, um, you like glimpse them in a millisecond or something. That That's... Uh, often what happens when we are deep into, uh, what would you call it, heart space, and the mind is, is calmly in its properly integrated place in heart, is you move around in time with a different sort of relationship to time. This is why the mystics always speak of the eternal now, um, is you are in a different relationship with time because the mind is in a proper relationship with the center of your being. Um, this is why when you think about regret comes from past, worry comes from the future. They're both happen when the mind is not properly integrated into the present moment, but the mind is in an out of alignment with linear time itself. Now, what that meant, and I say long arc, is this tender, uh, vulnerable, with an ache, but a good ache, love. Um, oh, look at him. He, he was doing that. Now he's doing this. He's, he's saying this thing now. And then I was actually, it was a joy tour. So I was talking about the pain and ache present in joy. Um, and then he'll, he's, he'll go on and he'll be doing something else. Look at him right now. And he was doing that, and he was that, and now he's this, and then he'll be that. Uh, there was a love of 
the goodness of being a person and being here. And that love, and why I use that word ache, that love is, it holds all. It holds all. It contains all the aches and scrapes. It contains all that broke your heart. It all happened within what you know to be your one life, this particular incarnation, this you in space and time that we call you, that was born then, that's listening to this Robcast right now in that place and time, the, how good it is, the love that holds it all. It was uh, a love, a voice of, look at him, look at you, just look at where you were, look at where you are, look at what you're trying to do. It's a, it, is, it is a love that is in a voice, free from critique, free from shame. It has no harshness. It has no debt, duty, obligation. It doesn't should on itself. It's a love that just says, look at you. Look at you. Look, look at this thing it means to be you. Uh, yeah, if you have harsh voices in your head about who you should be, about how far along you're supposed to be, about how you should have done something with you, how you keep trying different things but nothing ever measures up, all, all that, besides the fact that it's nonsense, notice how you can simply ask that voice compared to what. So take whatever negative voice you have. Um, I'm a failure. I haven't, why can't I master something like other people seem to? Why can't I have all of the whatever they have? Talent, friends, wealth, whatever you imagine, even though you're taking what you know about yourself, what you don't know about them, um, notice how all that, you could simply say to that voice, compared to what? I, sh <laughs> I should be farther along compared to what? My other me? <laughs> all there is is this. Central to this love that is only here in the present moment. That love contains within it an awareness that there is you being you, and there isn't any other you. This is it. So any voice any of us have within myself, guilt, shame, I should be, how come I can't be more? By now, I should, like all of the things that you have cooked up about where you are and where you think you ought to be compared to what? Is there some other time when you were farther ahead? Uh, <laughs> how do you compare yourself to nothing? Because there is only this, this you in space and time. So this is why all of the most interesting voices ever, writing ever, help ever, direction ever, always has to be located in space and time. Yes, but what is it here and now? Because all you can ever come up with is this. Yeah, there is no <laughs> the other. <laughs> Oh, yeah, by the way, this is why, yeah, this is why all the people that we admire who, like, how come they seem to be, what is it they've figured out? What they figured out is the absurdity of all this, and that's why they, they laugh so much. <laughs> See, seriously, think about the people who have most, oh, they have, they have most, <coughs> excuse me, they have most shown you something by the way, the very way that they live and move and have their being, that something within you said, yes, that. They were probably winking. Yeah, they were probably winking. There was some sort of wink that you were like, ah, oh, I would love to have, a lightness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, also, this love that is free from critique, shame, harshness, debt, duty of obligation. It's also totally honest. So that glimpse I had of myself, of course I have a way to go. Of course I've been influenced by this and influenced by that. Of course I could do that better, whatever that is. I could see myself in the limits of 2019 
Rob Bell. Of course, he what he doesn't see yet. I could see me in my limited space-time incarnation as this guy who had grown and expanded and evolved and yet would probably keep going. So even then, there would be things that, right, I could see myself, once again, on the long arc, like, how would I say this? How far I'd come, but built into it was, of course he'll keep going. Yeah, and this was the thing. How else would it work? Of course there are things he doesn't understand. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course he'll keep maturing, which means the ability to handle all sorts of things that previously feel like a binary will find themselves integrated in some sort of wholeness. Yeah, yeah. This is actually one of the really destructive things happening in our world right now is the failure to understand that people evolve and grow. Yeah. Of course. Of course this person who tweeted that seven years ago uh, isn't who they were, and they won't be who they are now and who they were. The whole thing is in motion. Yeah, it's a, it's a dynamic unfolding that is the fundamental nature of this whole thing. Part of the glimpse and part of this vulnerable, aching, tender love was seeing my limits. Yeah, that's what makes it so interesting. Yeah, so if you look back on, on the earlier yous, and you're like, God, well, that stuff that I used to say, or what I used to believe, or the ways that I saw the world, if you're embarrassed, or you have great shame about, well, I used to, I can't even believe I used to be a part of that thing. What? What? It makes, yeah, of course you were part of that thing. Yeah, what else would it be? Not doing things? <laughs> That's what makes it so interesting. What a good story. You used to be a part of that, and then, what, you grew, you left it, you saw things in a new way, you kept going. Fantastic. You saw it that way, and now you see it this way. That's where all the juice is. Think about a movie where the character doesn't change. You would be like, wait, what? What is this? This movie sucks. <laughs> Think about all great storytelling at some level. It's about people growing, expanding, transforming, they saw things this way, and then they learned they could see things another way. By the way, the flip side of this, notice the kind of person who you find most insufferable is always the person who acts like they've arrived, right? Think When, when you're around somebody who acts like they've arrived, and essentially that is just the opposite of humility, notice how you like, it activates such repulsion. Yeah. Like, almost like the arc is done, right? That's, that's why, uh, like, when we talk about people who are judgmental, um, people who are self-righteous, or when we find that within ourselves, generally we're repulsed on it with others because there's little bits of it in ourselves. It's, it's our own shadow. Yeah, this is why it makes us completely mental, because the love, the juice, the joy of the whole thing is you were there, and look how the whole thing just kept, look what new things it had for you, new insights, new liberation, new peace, new grace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when somebody's like, oh, yeah, I've got this figured, oh, please. <laughs> yeah, so I'm there, seeing myself in the fourth row, right side, and I get this glimpse, and I, yeah, oh yeah, just look at all the, yeah, people, people have whatever response they have, that's fine, yeah, let them, that's good, that's fine, that's part of being a human, choice is central, will is central to being a human, and I also am filled with this tremendous love for all the earlier me's, yeah, look at him, just trying. Look at all the conditioning. Look at the water I've been swimming in. Look at all the programming. Look at the messages I picked up around me that weren't helpful and trying to work the work work myself up out of the beach. The fish looking back at the water. Look at all that. Look at him. 
Yeah, and the aches and pains and tears and things where I'm like, what was I thinking? I All the ways, all the times I fell flat on my face, it's like a great love for the whole. And even I just think they remember thinking, oh, look at him now, just going for it. <laughs> look at him now, they just doing his thing. <laughs> look at him, oh, sweetheart. Kristen sometimes will say that about her earlier self. Oh, sweetheart. It's how you talk to all the earlier selves with grace and peace. Yeah. 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 If you want to forgive others, you forgive yourself. If you're having trouble forgiving yourself, forgive others. It's all the same flow. It's all the same flow. Yeah. A couple truths, by the way, about your body. Because your body, uh, as we all know, is constantly dying. What is it? A million cells a second die, and a million new cells get created. So what we do know at a, at a basic biological atomic level is your body, your cells are dying, but your body keeps producing new cells. So the body that you have right now, what is it? Every seven to nine years, your body pretty much replaces its whole self physically. Yeah, so if you and I meet up, and then we meet up, what, nine years from now, and we recognize each other, we will recognize each other, but we will physically pretty much be entirely different physical beings, which have maintained a shocking semblance and similarity of form, a bit like a waterfall that has a, 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 a continuous shape, but it's actually continually made of different water. So uh, your body is actually coming and going, constantly replacing yourself. So it's not that you are a body, and then there is a self within the body. You are a self, and your body is something coming and going within you. So whenever somebody begins with their starting point being the absolute nature of your body, scientifically that isn't an absolute starting point. Because your body is coming and going, and ultimately your body is made of atoms, and atoms are energy in relationship, and those atoms are constantly going and making other things. And the fundamental elements at an elemental level that make up your body, the carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, et cetera, that, that is what everything else around you is pretty much made of. So um, as your cells are coming and going, those cells are, that matter itself is making other things. The energy in the universe stays constant. It just is constantly reformulating itself in all sorts of vast and varied forms. So lots of people, and if right now your head is exploding with this, yeah, because the modern world conditioned people around a view of a materialist, separatist, I don't even know what you, uh, reductionist, those are all big, my apologies for using big words, but sometimes it's fun. Um, big, bulky words, but for so many people, their fundamental starting point was dead objects. There are objects, and then there may or may not be other things that are real that you can't access, um, which presents itself as sort of a scientific worldview, but is actually incredibly limited, naive understanding of things. Consciousness and perception is actually the absolute. The one thing you know for sure about yourself is that there's a self. Your body itself is coming and going, so it's coming and going from what? Yeah, there's a you that cannot be located in any empirical, material, tangible way. There's a you that cannot be touched. Everything about you, your body that can be touched, is coming and going from within something you know to be you. So your body is happening within you, and the other people that you meet are also selves, they have an I am to them in the same way that you are I am. That's the one thing I know for sure. I, there is an I amness to me. There's an I amness to you, and your body itself is coming and going. So if you do not see the body this way and do not understand the body is something happening within you, then, yeah, you're probably not going to see all sorts of other things that are always happening all around us all the time. Um, yeah, the body isn't an absolute. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like you think about, uh, well, there's a Swiss research initiative called the Blue Brain Project. And the Blue Brain Project did all sorts of fascinating research, and they determined that the brain is actually capable of 11 dimensions to existence. So you think about a three-dimensional understanding, two-dimensional, a sheet of paper, width, height. You think about three-dimensional, width, height, depth, 
And then some would say, well, like time is essentially a dimension as well. But we now know in string theory as well, people talk about, we now know that for life to be how life is, there are multiple dimensions to existence. So a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, an eighth, a ninth, whatever. The brain apparently has an 11th dimensional capacity based on certain research. So yeah, the idea that the bodies coming and going, leaving bodies, entering bodies. <laughs> yeah, 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 this is, yeah, we know this, we know this. Or simply uh, contact with people who have gone before us, uh, people who know things about other people, there's no way they could know that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, they're disembodied consciousness, of course. Yeah, how, how would they're not? Yeah, people who have been in contact or had interactions with those who have already quote-unquote died. Yeah. Yeah, it's a much wider playing field that we are actually in. Uh, and anybody who is like, well, that's pretty woo-woo, I would just simply say, and even thinking that that is woo-woo is reflective of a very particular, narrow, limited view of what it means to be a human being and what it means to be here. Yeah. <laughs> even, even the idea of having an experience. Uh, so for many people, a human being has experiences, and that is true at one level. But a human being is an experience the universe is having. So you are an experience the universe is having. I am an experience that the universe is having. We are the universe witnessing to itself. This is why uh, all the ancient traditions ultimately speak of a unity and oneness to all things, that all parts, all divisions take place within a whole. Yeah, so think about all the most inspiring breakthrough moments in your life. Like the moment when that person who is so irritating to you, you suddenly realized that they were actually showing you something. So the irritant became the teacher. What happened? The parts, you over here, them over here, you began to see they were helping you have stronger boundaries. They were showing you something about yourself. They were showing you, yeah, think about how many moments where you were like, oh, I see things it's actually all connected. Or when people say, yeah, it's all, it's all part of a, or in your life, when you had something that you previously from earlier in your life, you didn't know what to do with. It like haunted you, but then you made peace with it. Yeah, suddenly that thing that felt like a bit and piece and fragment that didn't belong, suddenly you could see it as part of your story. Yeah, so something that was parts, you began to see the whole that those parts were happening within. You see a difficult event in your life that you were like, that's bad. And you see it over here and you're, I don't want that to happen to me, but it happened. And then later you realize all of the good that it produced in your life. Well, then what happened is what you saw is something against you. Once again, a division. You actually saw that the division was taking place in a larger whole. So notice the pattern in your life is things that appear to be against each other or split apart, you begin to see some sort of unity, coherence, or wholeness that that is actually happening within. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Mm-hmm, that's how it works. Fourth row, right side. <laughs> yeah, and notice also one more thing about your body. Your body knows so much. Your body often knows things your mind doesn't. So here, here's a, um, well, here's like an easy way to, to experience this. Uh, the next time, or even just right now, think about something, think about something in a relationship, with, think about some person and something that's bothering you about some circumstance, some conflict, some, I don't know, some person you know, put your hand on your heart and ask your body what's, what, what this is really about. Something that's confusing you. Just ask your body what it's really about. Yeah. Yeah, what, watch 
how much your body knows. Why do they get under my skin like they do? Why do we just go at each other every time we see there? Why is this situation just make me so crazy? Why do I get so irrational when they come around? Ask the body and notice how notice how the body will have clarity. Generally, you got to exhale and let your mind sink into the body. Notice how often the body knows. And notice how often it'll give you an image. It'll give you a word. Uh, sometimes the body will just say envy. Oh, you're right. That's what's going on there. Or it'll, it'll name a particular bandwidth of fear. Or it'll just give you an image of like, you know, choking or drowning or soaring or flying. It'll give you some image. And you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, the body, the body's amazing. Yeah, this thing that's happening within you is amazing. You cannot be at war with it. Oh, yeah, no, no. It can be frustrating. It can be strange. It can be, oh, by the way, also, as you become more tuned in to what your body actually is, age, you just, <laughs> you're like, whatever. Yeah, age just becomes, you don't even really care. Even birthdays, honestly, even birthdays are like, whatever, that's fine. Yeah, great, birthday, good. Yeah, sure, I'll go out to dinner. But then, let's get a, you just, yeah, age doesn't have the same thing because you just see the whole thing in such a wider playing field. Yeah, man, this episode, I was going to just tell you a story, which I did, but then we, that thing just kept going. <laughs> yeah, and there's so much more, but this feels right feels like that feels like a good there we go that's an episode episode 325 what an amazing thing i can sit here and record this and then it uh, where, where even is the internet and then you listen and then i'll run into you somewhere in berlin or wherever belfast and we'll meet yeah mm-hmm extraordinary isn't it what a thing to be here Man, oh man. Well, I am sending you all kinds of love. Yeah, it's good to be you. Yeah, it is good to be you. It's good to be you. Me, it's good to be us. Yeah, yeah. Grace and peace to you.